Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hello, everyone. It's Anna. It's Ashley. Thank you so much for tuning in again to another episode of Two Girls Talking. We are all, oh man, I'm so excited for this conversation today because a lot of the listeners, Anna, are business owners. They're women business owners like us. And if you're anything like me, you are a sensitive person. You're an empath. And oftentimes, as I've been a business owner and even just a career woman, I have been told that um, I'm I'm more sensitive than the average bear. And what I've come to (laughs) find is that my sensitivity is actually my superpower. Mm -hmm. And so our guest today is going to talk about all how how you can succeed in business when you find that your strength is more about sensitivity rather than swagger. And if you're more moved by meaning rather than manipulation. So like Christine Kane, the question that she asks is, can we really succeed while still being you? And that's so excited to introduce her. She's a a former songwriter, a performer. She founded Up Level You, which is a multi-million dollar business coaching company. And she has this incredible new book out, The Soul Source Entrepreneur. So Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. It's really an honor to be here. Oh, we're we're honored to have you. So excited. So I, you know, like one of my like burning questions that I think the audience wants to know about is like, okay, how does a singer songwriter transfer to this wildly successful coach, coach, um, the multi-million dollar business coach, where did that transition happen? So why don't you take us back to where it started? Okay, so since we're talking about being soul sourced, I would say that's kind of the way I would position that because a lot of people like to think that one day I decided I'm going to be a business coach and it didn't happen that way. Right. And as you guys know, your your business is talking to you. Your life is always talking to you. And when I was a songwriter, what started happening was as I got more clear and I got more successful, I was working with coaches, you know, even though I was performing. What was weird was after I'd finished signing CDs at the end of each show, people kept coming up to me and saying, how do I do what you do? They didn't want to be musicians, but they wanted to know, like, how do I follow my dreams? And from those questions, I started these little retreats. I hardly told anyone about them. I would tell my list a little bit. And I would do these retreats here in Asheville, North Carolina, where I live, teaching all of these mindsets around having your own thing, having your own jam and what we call business or side hustle now. And those started to fill up. And at the same time, I started to get this inclination as a musician that I wasn't going to be doing this the rest of my life. And most of us, we hear those things and we shut them down because we think that means we have to quit right away. But what I did was I just started following where the doors were opening And when the time came, my retreats had started filling up and selling out five times a year. I had turned them into an online program that kept growing. I kept getting requests for coaching. And I just knew when the time was right, I made my last CD and then I opened the doors of my business coaching company. And that grew very, very quickly. It was almost as if it was meant to happen, <laughs> but yeah. and it was it was tough. It wasn't like I just sat back and went, "Woo, here we go." It was a whole new skill set to learn how to be a coach and set up coaching programs and that sort of thing. But it was what I really felt was the next calling. Like we all have these times where we we reinvent ourselves, and right. that's sort of what it was. I think that is so smart. I, I'm reading your book right now, and 
One of the things that I love, and I think that I can really relate to, and Ashley probably can too, because neither one of us, when we started our business, we, we don't have a business background. Yeah. Right. We come yeah. from a journalism world and we know what we do, mm-hmm. but we didn't know how to, at least I didn't know how to, to make a business out of it. And part of what I've done, and perhaps it's taken me longer to be quote unquote successful, um, is because I just kind of had to feel my way a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I get from your book. Yeah. yeah and that's very true. My way. So there's a, a page that we created for my book. It's at soulsourcedbook.com. And the whole opening, when you go to the headline there, it basically says what you just said. If you started your business because you had an idea, not a plan, and you're, you know, you're told that you're too this way or too that way, you should be more this way. And we're at a time right now where business can be started by people like you and me. And, and Ashley, right. and it, like, it's, it's not, there's this one path, this one way of being, we see people doing side hustles and we see people yeah. having ideas. And I think the world is craving this way of doing business right now because the rules and the external stuff and the, here's how you got to do it. It's not working anymore. Right. And the more intuitive approach you're seeing more and more people hit it out of the park with that. And that's what I wanted to address. And that's who I wanted to write to in this book. We talk a lot about intuition on our show. Um, mm-hmm. We've had many like different um, intuitive healers and experts um, and some that have been like even my personal coaches and guides. Um, you know, I think using intuition in business is still a term that is coming into itself. Yeah. Um, if you address it with, you know, these like type A and I don't want to say like, you know, mostly males. Like people would laugh at you and say like, oh, that's woo woo, right? Like right. It's all numbers and metrics and data. But I'm curious, like, okay, two questions. What is the shift that you see happening where like intuition is now coming more into play? And my second question is like, what do you say to people who poo poo the intuition aspect of running your business? Guys, those are both really good questions. Let me start with the people who dismiss things as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I think the best way that uh, what the way I look at it is when somebody is like that, they just haven't experienced it. So we, it doesn't mean everyone has to be intuitive. It's that everyone has their style. And typically in the business and success world, someone who, quote unquote, makes it thinks that they have it down. Mm-hmm. And what they don't realize is that there are many different styles. So anything from strengths finders to Colby's to Enneagram is showing us all that there are all these different styles. And what's great about what's opened up on the internet is people are realizing there's all these different styles. And now they're able to go find people and pick and choose based on their different style. But when somebody is more tuned in to right brain, spirituality, intuition, whatever you might call it, the easiest way to doubt something is to shame it. And so you give it a name like woo. And then automatically you're stuffed in a corner. Now, what I often tell my clients is you don't have to fight it. You can realize part of our gift is that we, we aren't out to prove anything. There's a lot of people in business that are out to fight it and out to prove it. I don't get, I don't engage in arguments. I just, I, I just keep attracting the people I attract. I write to the people I write to and the the haters can go be haters or dismissers. But I also understand you guys are in a really intense, both of you are in that media world of people who they don't have time for this, but I will promise you, and you can tell me if this is true. When you even sort of mention something about intuition or about something a little bit more, you always have those people who come up to you and go, 
hey, tell me more about that. Because yeah. there's it's all this secret thing. And right. in the background, like I've been in, yeah, I've been in masterminds with like big businesses, like eight figure billion dollar businesses. And there's always those people in the corner that are going, yeah, tell me. About, yeah, that's so true. And yeah, and they'll admit all of this stuff, but they don't do it on the outside. So it's just one of those things. I think it's becoming more and more. I agree. I agree. I, I see that. I, I think, you know, I really do. I see that more in some of the people that I work with and some of my clients. And it's always interesting to me when I work with clients who don't work like me. And that's fine. You don't have to think like me to work yeah. with me or for me to work with you. I don't. That's that's fine. But it's really, really interesting when I work with um corporations and companies that are really, really data driven when it comes to video. Um, they're some of the ones that are the least happy with it. Yeah. The end product, yeah. you know, well, so we that, have to redo it. And it's really interesting when it comes to that, you know? And since you're reading the book though, you know that I teach that uh, every business has two tracks and I call one the strategy track and I call the other one, the soul track. And so when you're, it, this is not to say you don't need data or you don't use data, Absolutely. but what I often, the way I describe the strategy track is that is this, that's the numbers, that's the selling, that's the marketing that a lot of people want to avoid by saying, well, I'm intuitive. I don't do that. That stuff's yeah. important. But it what is. you bring to it is the, it's like the batter in the cupcake. <laughs> you bring that soul track to it. And if you are stuck on being scared of pricing, if you don't value yourself, if you don't feel that you're worthy, if you have some old messaging around selling, that will affect your strategy track. So you've got to pay attention to both, especially if you're a solo business owner, because you will get in your way, hands down, mm -hmm. every single person, even my most left brain computer based clients realize that. So basically what you're also saying, Christine, is that my sensitivity is not, it shouldn't be hidden. Right. No, no. Uh, this has been something that I really, people are like, Oh, you're so, I mean, really, like I said it earlier, but I really didn't like myself for being this sensitive soul. Like I cried easier. I got more upset than me too. People. Yeah. And, and <laughs> me like, three. And yeah. Even still, like people like my husband will be like, God, you're so sensitive. And I'm like, why is that a derogatory? Exactly. Like, like, why is that a negative? Like, so, I mean, I guess talk to all of our, our listeners about like really owning whatever it is, your intuition, your sensitivity as more of your superpower and not so much as something that you need to try to suppress and hide. Because I found that when I suppress and hide my sensitivity, that's when I get like anxious and depressed. And like, it's like, this and you're just not happy. Yeah. Because it's, it's not you. It's not you, yeah. Ash. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So one thing, the, the one key thing about sensitivity is that it, what it really ultimately means is that you're more receptive. You're taking yeah. more things in. There's not a filter there. The, the thing that that happens to link up to is that you're also a great communicator and you're a great marketer and you're great at describing people's problems. So Ashley, I know a little bit about how you do business and how you train people. And I know how brilliant you are at understanding how their fear. And, and when I've seen you teach, you really teach from your sensitivity. When yeah. I watched you, you get people. That's the strength of it. What yeah. we have to do, so the whole section, second section of the book is called managing your power. Mm -hmm. And I also link power up with energy. And so what it means is that when you're wired this way, you have to start proactively treating yourself, not as like a special unicorn, it's not that, but starting to honor this 
as a superpower, by managing your power, by understanding when you send it off to someone else, like when you hand it over to somebody else. And I tell stories about being a musician and the ways I took rejection and the ways people talk to me, like how I had to learn how to, and I'm going to get a little woo for anybody who's worried about that here. You call, you have to start learning how to call your power back to you. So you start to learn where you're sending it out, like in a negative situation or when you get triggered. But there are also practices and techniques, and I do walk through some in the book, of truly using your the power of your intention to call that back to you and recognize, ah, that was a trigger. I'm going to do some work here to readjust and clean things up on my end. Does that make sense? Did that yeah, make- so why yeah. don't you give some of our listeners some tips to how to call that power back into you? God, that's a good one. Um, there's two, okay, so you know how I talk about the strategy and the soul. I don't want to act like this is all just like this energy kind of a thing. But um, how about, Ashley, take a – give me an, an example of one way you might get triggered or, or an example for you that might happen. Oh, gosh. Something if you that, don't mind being vulnerable, I don't I would, know. I'll be really vulnerable. I mean, okay. Okay, having a tough conversation with a client or a colleague, like just an, a tough, uncomfortable conversation because I'm a people pleaser. So like if I disappoint someone for any way because I'm a perfectionist, I really get hard on myself. I don't yes. want someone to not like me. I want everyone to think I'm amazing. Like, you know, because I'm a people pleaser. I want everyone to be happy with their right. results. And that's okay. not possible or sustainable. Great. So there's two ways I approach that sort of a um, personality type when I'm coaching them. The first is you want to do things proactively. So the creative, creative, proactive side of that is some very deep self-awareness. So Ashley, if I were coaching you, the kinds of things that I would direct you to is I would love for you to read anything on the Enneagram that you can on the yeah. number two. Yeah. On the t- are you a two? I, I thought I was a seven, but maybe I am a two. I, it's well, a- sevens would never say how sensitive and how like you, they want everyone to love them. I mean, oh, they okay. might, but, <laughs> but twos tend to be like just the mere fact that you say you're sensitive. That's just something a two would say. Okay. My point being, we don't have to go into the Enneagram. I'm actually doing a training on it next week um, yep. on how it affects your business. But the it, things like understanding yourself, any kinds of, of those tools that help you understand how you're wired, and then start setting your business up proactively so that, for instance, you are never deficient in terms of eating, in terms of sleeping, in terms of how you set your morning up so you're not diving right into getting, like, for instance, a lot of times people will dive right into all the emails, dive right into all the things they can react to, and that's, that already sets you up for a lose that day. Now, there's a ton of, and I actually talk a lot about these in the book, like a lot of proactive things you can do. The other thing is that you can learn from and grow from all the reactive stuff that happens to you. And so, for instance, let's say you are someone, it does not approve of you that day, and they get on you for something that you said, and you just feel yourself completely drained. The first place you can begin is at the end of the day is actually having an, and I don't even need to call it meditation, but sitting down with yourself. And I do, I have a written thing that you can do where you can walk through steps, but ultimately you do a full on body scan and you find where that part of you, like your emotional self. So Ashley, if somebody does come at you and say, you totally screwed this up and they're, they're on you, where does it drain out from you? Mm. Like physically? Yeah. Like where can you feel it go? Like stomach? 
Okay. That's like when your stomach's in knot. Right. Like, oh, yes. Shoot. So like- that's, that is worth sitting and paying attention to. And so at first, when you sit down to do this, it'll feel like you are mentally just saying, okay, I call my power back there. But you really do just walk through feet up all the way through your whole being and you call back like you can see where you are sending things out to those other people like let's say that person you can feel in that stomach area where you are sending and giving them your power over to them what they think matters you don't have to worry about fixing it when you do this you don't have to worry about doing all that but what you can do is actually call like intentionally say i'm bringing this back to me mm-hmm. and you begin that as a practice and everyone wants these things to be a fast fix but what i always remind my clients is you spent a lifetime doing this and your business is the territory of your expansion like your real your deep soul's expansion i'll say and this is one of the ways that it's showing you where you're giving your energy away you're giving your energy away mm. And another thing, like just another proactive thing is you can look around your life, like, because people are a tough one to start with. Yeah. You can start looking where in your life, like we talked about clutter before we got on this, but all the things in your life that aren't serving you, pieces of equipment that you use in your business, things that you have in your environment that are draining you, all of that contributes to your energy being intact and you being really focused. So even though it's not like, okay, I'm not dealing with the forgiveness issue with a person, you can also look at your office environment and everything you have around you to ask, is this feeding my soul? Is this feeding oh, me and serving me? That's interesting. One of, one of the tools that I, I loved reading about your book, there, there are two things I loved it. I love the intuitioner tool. Mm-hmm. The intuition from the intuition too. But one of the things that I thought was really, really interesting in that, and I realized this about myself, is um, the ego. Ask mm-hmm. yourself the questions as to why oh, you're doing this yeah, for your ego. Because I know that a part of what I do, besides the fact that I love to do it, is that I do like to hear, Anna, you're so good at that. I, I know that about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that part of my ego. And that's yeah. part of why I do what I do. And I know that. And why I include that question in that tool is because I am not here to tell somebody you don't get to have an ego. In fact, ego shaming, like ego shame porn, is like we're all sitting there going, (laughs) you have to be wired up with a perfect purpose. You never stray from that and you never make mistakes. Like, and all of us were just so scared to make a wrong move now. And then everyone has to be perfect and then you don't get to even have an ego. And what I find is that people just relax if they can just say, yeah, you know, when I was a musician, it was like, yeah, I just want everyone to clap at me. (laughs) I don't ever want a hard show. (laughs) I don't want ever anybody to ever reject my music. And we have that little inner teen that's just going, wah. Mm -hmm. But uh, acknowledging that that's there can be part of every intention that you put out there. It's just there. But when you when you push it down or when you shame it, it starts to become something that is just you're you're shoving. And anytime we push something down, it resists back and it works harder. Yes, that's so true. I mean, I, I totally relate to that. Like, even from like a personal standpoint, like anytime I take an emotion or a feeling and I shove it back down, it comes in like punches me in the face. Right. And it comes out as like anger and guilt and regret and like really negative emotions that were worse off than if I just hadn't just processed it right then and there. Yeah. And so that what we're doing is what all these, what I mean, it's just, it's American business. 
we don't have time for that in the boardroom. We don't have time for that here. We don't have time for that. And so what you can do in those moments, obviously you don't do this publicly, but you can say to that voice in you like, okay, hold on. I will deal with you tonight. I promise. Like, but I call it in the book. I I made a little joke about it because I have, I have clients who are corporate trainers and that sort of thing, but I call it going fetal. And what you do when you go fetal is it's not like you can like just, just truly curl up, but what you're actually doing is you're giving attention to something that was never actually given attention to. You're giving curiosity to it. Most of us, we want to fix it or we want to stuff it. And so when those things come up and business is personal, oh my God, if someone's rejecting you, they're rejecting you. It's so different from anything else. You're putting a charge on yours. Like you're putting a price tag on yourself. You're being seen. You're even just doing a podcast. There's so many people who just... They throw their opinion out at you. It is personal. And so therefore, it's a very good thing to take the time to be curious instead of fixing or repressing to actually, when you're feeling that sensitive, is actually sit with it and be like, what is this? What is this here? I think I'd be sitting with myself all day long. I know. And that's when you start off, I promise you, (laughs) that's what it feels like. Is like, oh my God, I am never going to stop doing it. (laughs) It is. Now, let, let me ask you, are, do you find, are, are you finding more or do you find that, that men are open to your brand of business? And if you do, are you finding that more men are doing that? Well, the ones who do come in, they love it because the primarily most of my clients are women, but we have right. these masterminds and they love it because they don't, <laughs> they don't feel like they got to be all, you know, pretentious and that sort of thing. But for the most part, it is women. Um, when there are men, they just don't, I think most of them are pretty comfortable in their masculinity and sure. they don't worry about that stuff. But most of the businesses I work with now are not out there trying to pose. Like there's a lot of posing and a lot of like faking it in a way that a lot of my clients are just like, wow, you mean I don't really have to do that? Oh, you mean I can be vulnerable? And what's so funny is whenever I make a Facebook video or I mess up a little bit or like Finnegan jumps up in my lap or whatever, People love that. Yeah. They love that. Some of like, I still have people say to me, like I I would have every now and then a night where like, let's say the sound turned off at one of my shows and I, I had my guitar player light a candle and we would sit on the edge of the stage. People still write to me about those moments. Like, God, I didn't know anyone could do that. And, and you taught me how to do things imperfectly. We're craving this. Like we need a more authentic and natural way of being in business. And I just see people just don't these days, especially after the pandemic and all the quarantine, I think people are mm-hmm. really looking and saying what matters, what matters. Yeah. In it's now. so true. I've had so many conversations with friends lately who are like, um, can you talk for a couple minutes? I'm just so curious about how you left your job and started a business. Like people are really wanting to make a change. And I yes. think yeah. it's an important time for like we have a moment now. So what, what, what are you waiting for? If you've always wanted to start this business, like what are you waiting for? Yeah. The conversations I've been having with my friends lately, because they've been ha- coming to this realization that they're sick of working in corporate. They uh. want to follow their path. They want to do what their gut, their intuition, their soul is telling you, but there's fear. And I know sure. you talk about fear and decision-making in businesses, like, I, like even in life. So we make a lot of like fear-based decisions or we don't make decisions because we're fearful. We tolerate. Right? Yeah. And so 
like my question to you is this. So like, I, I wanted to launch my business for like a couple of years. I was scared to death. Like I yeah. was like, you're not worthy. Imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome. You don't know what you're doing. You don't. So true. Yeah. I could keep going of like all the negative like thoughts that were in my head. What do you say to people with that fear? And like, and like, let's talk a little bit about like making decisions based on fear uh, and what, what that looks like and how we can get past it. Well, first off, let me say I come from where you come from. We've already talked about this. I grew up in D.C. I had a PR job at Ogilvy and Mather Public Relations mm -hmm. to all the adults in my world. I look like I that was, was great making it. Yep. Then I was so miserable and I sat in the metro every morning and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is what I got to do the rest of my life. And when I made that decision to leave, I was told by pretty much everyone in my life, I was going down the path of failure. Yeah. And I, it, you know, you what the other thing, Ashley, you made have realized, yes, you're terrified, but you realize that it, it's not as bad as everyone says, cause, just because they've never done it. Like, right. That's it. Exactly. Like, right. It's their I'm fear. So glad I did it. Like we right. and Anna, when like our TV show was right. shut down, Anna went and that's did how it. I started. Yeah, yeah definitely. Amazing. I look back at that 23 year old or 22 year old, I think, and I thank her every day for doing that. And I was I was terrified beyond terrified. So that's not a fear. Like the fear-based decision would have been the tolerating. Like you stay with what you have because it's always right. what you know. I don't yeah. know anybody. Our, our, one of our hashtags at Uplevel is do it scared. Meaning there is nobody at any level of business, even my seasoned veteran company owners who don't have to go to the next level and get scared all over again. It's just that first leap feels like you're going to die because <laughs> you're it, yeah it does right you're leaving the tribe faith. yeah yes. and and to put it in like energy like we're going to go woo here but first and second chakra if we talk about it that's your tribal part of yourself you're saying i am leaving the rules of the tribe and it feels like you're going to die like it really does you're you're yeah. you're moving into something totally different and people do but then Everybody looks back and they're not one person says, wow, you know, I wish I'd stayed longer at that crappy job I hated. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, true. I have no regrets. I'm following my path because I really listened to that little voice inside of me that was like, try it. You can do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. that you don't have a business background. <laughs> like, and right. like, yeah. we are, Anna. Like, it's just all three of us here. It's right. It's pretty amazing just by like listening to your intuition. And you said doing it scared is mm -hmm. so important. Like just like everything I've learned that in business, I do a lot of things. Like I'm scared a lot. I'm scared all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all I, the time. Like, you, like things aren't as scary as they seem after you do them. Correct. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure for you, Christine, like publishing a book, was it scary? And I'm so always like love asking this, the author is like, yeah. how scary was that to put your vulnerability out on the line too? I will tell you that when I, I, I said to a friend of mine who has known me forever, I feel like I'm releasing my very first CD, putting this book out there. Like it was like, I, I could, I know how to sell. I know how to sell high ticket stuff. I know how to help people in their business. And there's a certain amount of being on the internet where even if you have a successful business, you're not famous. You don't have to be famous. And I don't, I don't really need to be like, I don't have the big Oprah dreams or anything like that, that people have. If you, if you got that, that's fine. But I love what I'm doing. Putting my book out there was basically like saying, here's what I do with all my clients behind closed doors. I'm now going right. to undress for you. And right. here you go. Cause this is the soul track of business. 
Who talks about that? My, when my agent started pitching this to publishing companies, they said, we don't believe your reader exists. And I'm like, oh, sister, you do not know the half of it because they're still in the publishing world playing the publishing game. Yes. And, and they're still too scared to do this, but they don't realize there's tribes of people just like them who left that job. Absolutely. To start I, their own thing. I remember 11 years ago now when I was at NAB, the National Association of Broadcasters, it's a huge conference. You know, we weren't really streaming video 11 years ago. We were, but not really shows, right? Oh, totally. And, show, and yeah. shows were just getting, just getting produced for online platforms. And I remember this producer and she said, and I've never forgotten it. She said, in broadcast, you create shows and then you create the buzz to get an audience. Yeah. But in online you create a show and the audience is already there searching for you. And I think it's a completely different, it's, it's a, it's a switch of your mentality, right? It's, it's a different mm -hmm. idea. It's almost the opposite of everything we've kind of been taught. Yeah. How things work. Yeah. And I think people right now, I mean, to speak to what you're describing, especially now, especially after the climate we've all been through in the last year, is people are searching for what's real. Yes. And authentic. this is where self-awareness and this is where I think it's why the book has done so well is yeah. that, it, you know, in spite of the fact that, you know, it had no readers, but in, it, <laughs> people are really searching for what's true and what's real and how they can be who they are as opposed to playing all these games, because at the end of the day, that's not sustainable. You right. cannot keep that energy up. It's why people do feel like they have an imposter syndrome yeah. and it is just be, be you keep relentlessly being right. how you are and then learn from when you screw up because we all do you know yeah, absolutely yeah and like that's the thing I make I made like today I made a major 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 mistake at work where I had like all the physical anxiety and the butterflies but like you know it's okay you wake up the next day and it's a lesson and like you just work through it I've, I've learned so much being a business owner and really being your like authentic self like I am my true self we the three of us I know we're our true selves every day and it sounds like you know, this is what you are, your mission in life, Christine, is to teach people that like, don't hold back yourself. Like you yeah. listen to your intuition and it's such a beautiful thing when you do. Mm -hmm. yes. It is. Yeah, it really is. But it's not easy. And I don't want to act like, you know, I want people to get that, that we're not sitting there going leap and the net will appear. It's not, a, it's not always easy. Right. But it does. Yeah. There, there are ways to manage it. If you are one of those more, you know, sensitive and ambitious types mm -hmm. to run a business and do it really elegantly. And she's totally speaking to my soul. <laughs> I know, right, right. I mean, I always tell my clients that, you know, just because the first time didn't work doesn't mean that your idea is bad. It just means that you got to find a new way to, to put it out there. Perfect. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think that I certainly believe in your brand of business because God knows I'm living it right now. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. So, so why don't you, Christine, tell us where can we get more information about you and um, your book and, and your book? So the, you can check out the book. I mean, it's on Amazon and it's at every local bookstore, but um, you can also, if you want to read more about the book, um, soulsourcedbook.com and soulsourced is exactly how it sounds. You're sourced by soul. Um, and you can also go to my website, which is christinecane.com. And I'm going to spell that because there is a preacher out there named Christine Kane. And <laughs> that poor woman probably has people of mine coming to her because I know I have her people coming to me and then they get <laughs> upset when I say some of the things I do. But it's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E 
K-A-N-E.com. That's where you can find me. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and all the usual places, Instagram. One last question. Yes. Um, do you ever still do music? Do you ever play music still? I don't. I mean, I have occasionally uh, people make requests all the time. And it's so funny since my podcast came out, it's at, it's a soul, it's called soul sourced business. We throw my uh, songs at the end of each episode. We'll just do a clip of songs. Since then my, my sales have jettisoned online and streaming has, it's so funny. It cracks me up, but um, I will occasionally do something, but um, not really. I do it just for my own self. Yeah. Um, but when I was, I mean, when I was complete with that, I was really complete with it. And I knew that. Nice. And people always look at, it's so funny. Cause one of the, one of the things that cracks me up is that, uh, I was in Asheville having dinner one night and I ran into some people who used to promote my shows at this festival. And it's this couple, this really cool hippie couple and they're in the music world. And I'd already built a, a multi-million dollar business and they came walking up to my table with their heads tilted and they're like, Hey, you're not playing music anymore. <laughs> And they're like, we heard you're a life coach. <laughs> you didn't know what I did at all. The, the word got around that I had completely given up. And it was almost like they wanted to say, can we give you a dollar to buy a bagel? Yeah. <laughs> like, they were so sad for me. And it so cracks me up. And I love lessons like that because it lets my ego, like because every part of me wanted to be like, dude, <laughs> no <laughs> I created a company. And, right. and I didn't. I just sort of let them have their impression of me. Sad little Christine has gone on to become a sad little life coach. And yeah. we're really, you know, she used to be a really cool rock star musician. And um, so that's just one of my little ego lessons. But that's where you can find me. And I don't do music, but you can still get all my music on iTunes, too. <laughs> I love that lesson. I think it's so right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh Absolutely. Christine, you are doing such amazing work in this world. Everyone who's listening, you have to check out her book, The Soul Source Entrepreneur. Christine, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been such an incredible Really, it has. Well, this has been the highlight of my day. So thank you guys both so much. Thank you. All thank right. You. Bye, listeners. Talk to you again in two weeks. Bye.